Um, to summarize, in the last week of Jesus' life, the triumphal entry, his coming into Jerusalem on the donkey, was on Sunday, of course. He spent that night then in Bethany. On Monday, he left Bethany and he cursed the fig tree on the way into the city. And it was on the way into the city at that time that he wept over Jerusalem. When he went in then, he cleansed the temple for the second time in his ministry. He did it in the beginning of his public ministry, and he does it here at the end of his public ministry. Uh, Late in the day, he uh, looks into the temple, and then he leaves the city again, spends the night in Bethany. Tuesday morning, leaves Bethany. They find that the fig tree is withered, and he gives them a teaching on faith. Uh, he goes into the temple and its precincts uh, and he pronounces the woes of judgment upon his enemies. Then he leaves the city for the last time. That closes out his public ministry and it's on that Tuesday that he gives his Olivet Discourse on the way back to Bethany. It's on that same day that Judas bargains with the Sanhedrin to betray Jesus uh, and then on that night, he, he, he spent the night again in Bethany. And that was Tuesday. So we were on Tuesday before Friday that he was crucified. Wednesday is called the silent day. We really don't have any information. There's no record in the Gospels about any kind of activity that was recorded. But obviously, Jesus would have prepared for the Last Supper, and Judas would have been busy striking his deals as well. Uh, Jesus would have remained in Bethany and uh, stays the night there again. On Thursday, of course, Peter and John are sent to make preparation for the Passover meal. Then after sunset, he eats the meal with the twelve. He washes their feet, and Judas leaves the group. Uh, The Lord's Supper then was instituted on that uh, Thursday night. And uh, then from there to the Garden of Gethsemane, where the agony of Jesus began. Uh, It was there that uh, the betrayal of Judas came to its high point and Jesus was arrested by the Sanhedrin. From there to the house of the high priest as the Sanhedrin convened and then Peter himself betrayed Jesus. And then of course uh, the series of trials, the first trial before Anas in the nighttime hours. Uh, Then the second time before the Sanhedrin where he was condemned and began to be abused. Then the third trial immediately at dawn when Peter denied Jesus a third time. And that's when Jesus looked at him. Uh, Then Jesus was taken to the Romans for the fourth trial before Pilate. And then the fifth trial was before Herod the sixth trial again before Pilate when he sent him back to Pilate. So it was on that time that he was scourged and all the bad things uh, started to happen to him. And he was crucified around 9 o'clock that morning. And then, of course, the famous seven sayings from the cross. 
Father, forgive them. Today you'll be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son. This is when the darkness came at noon to 3 p.m. Then he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And then he, the next saying was, I thirst. The next one was, it is finished. And the final of the seven, into your hands I commend my spirit. So uh, Christ gave up the ghost around three o'clock in the afternoon. The veil was torn in the temple. Uh, some graves were opened, but they would not be resurrected until Jesus. Until after Jesus, his side was pierced at the time that Passover lambs were slain in the temple, and Jesus was buried by sundown. Uh, on Saturday, at the request of Jewish leadership, Pilate granted that a guard uh, would be set at the tomb and that a seal would be set on the tomb as well, the tomb of Jesus. And then we know what happened on Sunday. So our Olivet Discourse was on the Tuesday before he was crucified on Friday. Okay, so that pretty much... Uh, closes out what I wanted to say. It was mentioned that if we had time, somebody might want to ask a question. I don't know. I'm, I'm not Mr. Answer Man, but if I could answer it and you have a question, I'd, I'd take a stab at it. It doesn't matter. I have, I have one. When Jesus was on the cross and he, you said, why hast thou forsaken me? Is that the same experience a sinner is going to go through when he's in hell, that separation from God. I think that separation, uh, well, he's spiritually dead, has no sense of that probably until his death when he goes to Hades like, uh, you know, the rich man knew who he was, knew he had brothers knew what had happened to him at that point and then he begged for Abraham to send somebody back to his brothers and essentially he said well they have the Bible they have Moses and the prophets and if they don't believe any of the Bible an angel from heaven can't help them so you know forget it <laughs> and at that point the great sense of loss uh, I think at, at the moment of, of death um the, the the torment that would ensue uh, in in Hades, um, and of course the final separation. But yeah, I think at death is when being spiritually dead. You know, there are people who pursue their selfish desires. <coughs> my grandmother used to. My grandmother Collins used to say, "There ain't no fool like an old fool." And I used to think when I was a kid that all old people were saved. You know. Now I'm an old person, and I realize ain't all old people saved. Um, the the depravity of the reprobate just seem it's there, and the, and the fallen nature follows them if they're not one of the redeemed, right on in. But they don't. I don't think they have that sense of separation until they're dead and recognize what's happened, like the rich man. I have a question, Pastor. Yes, ma'am. I can't think of the, what they call it, but the Catholic religion will pray, believe that they go into like a holding pattern. Purgatory. 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 It, is that where they get that? The, 
Well, if you give the priest enough whiskey, he'll pray you out of purgatory. <laughs> you got to pray. You got to put seriously. You got to pay the priest. And, and you'll, you'll get prayed out. And if you don't give him enough up front, he'll say, well, I'm going to put them on the list. Well, what if I double that? Well, they'll go up the list a few. You know, I'm serious. I, I'm making fun of them, I guess. I don't mean. Well, maybe I do mean to. Um, the, the doctrine of purgatory, obviously, is not anywhere in the Bible. And it is a doctrine that was established by the Roman church at one of their councils. Uh, the, there was a what a council of okay. Trent, the Nicene council. They had these council where they came up with this stuff. The rest of the question: When Christ goes back and graves are open, so he's not going to purgatory like Old Testament Lord, no. saints. <laughs> Old Testament saints didn't go to purgatory. Okay, that was my question. I know what you're asking. You're asking: Was there a separation? There was, there yeah, was paradise on one old, side, and yeah. and Hade, not Hade, mm-hmm. in the Sheol, I guess, on the other side. But but really, that's not a clearly defined. Uh, so you've asked me uh, here. Here I'm, I'm about to start building a watch. Okay, <laughs> I'll have a problem with that. Uh, you ask me what time it is. I build a watch for you. Now, <clears throat> okay. So we learned this from the language. Paul used the term paradise, and then Christ used it. He uh, today will be in paradise, and then it's used in the Revelation of the. What the Philadelphian church? Paradisos. Para means around. Dysos means a wall. It means to be walled about or a wall around. It is. It is a term that was used to describe, in the greatest sense, to describe the wall that surrounded the estate of the king and his castle. Within paradise, there were flowered. Walkways that always smelled good. Flowers were always in bloom. And whenever, whenever the counselors of the king would bring to him his would bring his memory around to someone who had done something good for him or for the kingdom, the king would beckon them. He walked in paradise every day. And he would take his walk around his castle and down the flowered pathways. And his Irish wolfhound would be with him. Um, as he, he would say, bring that person to me. So he would dispatch soldiers. They would bring this person who's greatly honored. And he'd come in before the king. And the king would say, today you're going to walk with me in paradise. And so that's what Christ says to the thief. Paradise is that part that surrounds the New Jerusalem. And um, Hades, the netherworld of the unsaved dead, is always what it is. This is the way I see it from from what I study. Uh, And paradise is just part of of the greater <laughs> compound of, of uh, New Jerusalem and its surroundings. The Bible says in the Revelation that the river of life bursts forth at the pinnacle, nearly 1,500 miles high is the throne. The skyline of the New Jerusalem is 1,500 miles in every direction, that way, this way, and this way. It's four square. 
And at the top in the middle would be the throne and pouring out of the throne is the river of life. So it, it begins there and it cascades down in its path along the golden the, 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 the golden hued streets with trees of life growing about it. And then it parts because the indefinite article is used by John and he saw a river of life. He didn't use the definite article. And so, so the Greek grammar would tell you that what, he's, what he says is this thing would have broken into tributaries into paradise. And so a, a, a part, the river of life would form other rivers that flows through paradise. And trees of life, are not the tree of life, but all of them, just the same thing, but they're everywhere, you know, uh, through paradise. And it would be an extraordinarily pleasant experience. Now, in uh, in the Revelation, the disembodied saints, they had been killed. They were conscious and alive, and they were robed upon with some kind of robe. And they could speak to Christ. They had access to the altar before Christ, the altar of incense and the prayer. So, I'm I'm not... And then we we go before the throne of grace. Um, so I can't tell you that you that you're denied access to the New Jerusalem until the resurrection. I don't know that that's true. You do have paradise, which is just right there. And I'm I'm happy with a treehouse in paradise. Uh, but well, uh, you made me think of another question in your answer. And I'll interrupt because I'll just But the tree of life is there something in Revelation that talks about it bears a different fruit every year? Yeah, every month. A different okay. fruit every month. That's what I thought. Because someone had told me there wasn't time in heaven. That's not true. I know. And there are months. It says every yeah. month. Yeah. Uh, 12 okay. manners of fruit. I, I, I couldn't reference it. So I listened to a woman one time who said she died and went to heaven and she was a pianist. And she said, you know, she said she thought about beating time on the piano and she heard music, but it didn't beat to time. Well, that's just, you know, you got to put that up against the smell test. And a lot of these people that go to heaven, they just had liver and onions the night before or something. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. It just it just wasn't it just wasn't there. And another thing about that kind of stuff, Paul talks about those who saw Christ, and that is before the rapture and resurrection, and so forth. Paul said, "And last of all, I saw him." Now, does Paul mean that he is the last person? You know, of course, John saw him, but John also saw him. John also saw him when he was alive and raising people from the dead. It's an interesting thought. Anyway, um, I'm not saying that people, I think you can have visions of angels. I've, I've known, I haven't known people and I've known of people that I have a great deal of respect for. Uh, George W. Truitt, who was pastor at First Baptist Dallas before W.A. Criswell. He was there more than 40 years, and he was beloved by everybody. George W. Truett. At that time, he had the biggest church in the world, First Baptist Dallas. He was a very tall guy, six foot six. He, his best friend was his deacon chairman. They were out hunting, and George W. Truett accidentally shot and killed his deacon chairman. And he went into a nosedive. 
uh, the grandest preacher in the world just succumbed to the darkest depression someone could imagine. He had this huge study at his home and he locked himself in his study, told his wife not even to come in. He wouldn't bathe, which is very unlike him. Grand man that he was, he wouldn't shave. He didn't get a haircut. This went on for weeks until one day he opened up the study doors and he came out and he shaved all that hair off his head and face and took a bath, put his suit on. And he told his wife, he said, uh, I'm going to tell you something, but I want you to vow to me that you'll never say anything about it. When he opened the door and came out of the study, he said, I have just spent quite a long time with an angel. Hmm. Said he came in and sat down with me and finally convinced me out of my depression and um, explained to me the purposes of God and so forth. Yeah. And he said, he said, you know, he said, that's not a big part of our theology, that kind of thing. And I don't want anything said about it. Well, when she was nearly dead, she was like in her 90s, I think. This is many years after he had died. She told the story of what had happened. So, you know, you can entertain angels in, in different ways. So I'm not saying that, that, I mean, an angel can come to you, but they don't bring you the word of God because the word of God is, is they bring a word from God, but not the word of God, uh, because that's already settled in heaven and has been forever settled. So, uh, yeah, you know, that kind of thing can happen. But uh, do people really see Christ until Christ said, we read it. You won't see me again until I come in glory and power. So, you know, it's pretty deep thought to think about that. Um, to have a, Oral Roberts said he had a vision of Jesus and Jesus was 900 feet tall. And I thought to myself, Yours is smaller than mine, you know. I, I think I think Jesus can fill the whole universe if he wants to. Uh, but uh, the 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 important thing is we will certainly see him. You know, when um, Stephen was being stoned to death, yeah. he saw Jesus standing up to welcome him into his arms. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know you catch the train and who's the first one to get you off the train up there thank you you're very welcome <clears throat> that'll scare everybody off <laughs> 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 we can be done